The congregation that I serve in Charlottesville is Sojourners, and part of the practice there is to pick one of the biblical texts out of the lectionary and then have a contemporary reading. Um, so the Colossians was the, is the focus text for tonight, but I have a contemporary reading I would like to share with you tonight that comes from The Universal Christ by Richard Rohr, and it's called Given for You. The other momentous phrase that Jesus repeated at the Last Supper is the phrase, for you. In the accounts of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and in Paul's too, Jesus says, my body given for you, broken for you, and my blood poured out for you. Anyone who has ever enjoyed lovemaking knows that the thrill comes not just from the physical sensation, but from the other person's desire to be specifically with you, to be naked for you, to delight in you, to pleasure you. You always want to say, but why me? And you hope the other says, because I love you. It is the ultimate and very specific I-thou experience of Martin Buber. I was also told by a young woman on staff at our center that she believes women's menstrual cycles have given women in particular an experimental and cellular understanding of this experience because they shed blood monthly for the sake of life and also give blood at water at birth just as Jesus did on the cross. This water and blood had always struck me as a strange symbolism but maybe not for a woman who knows the price of birth. How daring and shocking it was for Jesus to turn the whole tradition of impure blood on its heels and make blood holy, and even a point of contact with the divine. This deserves a whole book of commentary and is supposed to be a stun gun experience, which all true sacraments should be. Would you pray with me, please? Oh, gracious God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts will be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. How many of you grew up in faith communities where they sang songs about the blood of Jesus? Go ahead. How many of you? Okay. So you've heard nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood of Jesus. It is a language that doesn't resonate with more progressive congregations like the one I serve. <laughs> However, often in congregations that celebrate racial, ethnic diversity and context, where the theologies of people of color are celebrated, there isn't such an offense taken by this language. For many, it is the very physical experience and sacrifice that provides a sense of solidarity with a God who understands what it means to suffer in human form or to shed herself for the healing of humanity. In 1988, 
the film The Last Temptation of Christ was released. Any of you see that when it came out? One of the many things that offended people was what they considered to be the gore of the crucifixion. People protested in front of theaters screening the film. I'm not sure the crucifixion is something that can be cleaned up in order to make it more tolerable for our sensibilities. Some of you tonight may have even flinched at the blood of Jesus in the biblical reading from Colossians. The language of through the blood of the cross, I must confess there was a time when it would make me cringe and maybe even some moments now when I can certainly be one of those people. When confronted with biblical texts I'd rather avoid, I intentionally sit with them just a little while longer. What has emerged this time is the powerful sense that God is being enfleshed in our faith story. Emmanuel is not only God with us, but God who became like us. The incarnation is a very human flesh embodiment of God. We have been taught that the greatest gift that we can give to one we love is our very lives, our very flesh and blood. So perhaps this is a text that reminds us that God is not asking us to do anything God isn't willing to do. In becoming flesh and blood, we receive the fullness of what God has done in not only being with us, but very close to us in body, spirit, flesh, and blood. And God gives us everything. And we are called to give all that is ours as a response. The Colossians were a somewhat superstitious people, somewhat like the people of my own culture, Armenians. They believed they had to please the spirits or else they would be punished somehow. However, they are reminded that God has already entered the world with a transforming, healing, empowering presence to help gird the people of faith in a faith that is thicker than blood. This past Sunday was the last Sunday of our liturgical year. We are now living in this final week of ordinary time, and a new year is about to emerge this coming Sunday with Advent. My congregation, like many throughout the United States, engage in what they call stewardship campaigns during the fall. Sunday, people came forward with their offering pledges that will allow them to be the church that they want to be. In the weeks leading up to Pledge Sunday, they heard people share why their church is important to them. This might even be happening here at Richmond Hill while the important capital campaign is taking place and the annual giving opportunity. While it is true that these places are important and give us something, I would say what we get is only a part of why we give in return. The other part of the equation is that God calls us into a relationship. Our congregational connections and 
Richmond Hill specifically, this place, are where we find God in ways that are hopefully new, inspiring, transforming, and empowering. So perhaps giving our monetary resources to God, or in living here as residents, or sharing life work, perhaps in the vocation of Richmond Hill being your home and life work, it is not out of superstition like the Colossians, but out of gratitude for what God provides us through good and sacred spaces. What we give of our lives and of our resources should not be out of fear, but out of a sense of awe and love and appreciation for God. The stewardship of our vocations is a call to detach from the material, secular way of understanding money and wealth to one of relationship with God. Our attachments though, can get in the way sometimes. Last week, our Ruah group engaged with Gerald May's book, Addiction and Grace. May helps us understand how we are an addicted society, not just to substances that can do mental, physical, and spiritual harm. We are addicted to points of view, ways of being, reacting and living that somehow pull us away from the sacred, spiritual whole lives in freedom and love. That freedom and love is given unconditionally by God. It can't be bought. It is not a transaction, as Rohr would say. Communities of care, contemplation, and compassion called to be communities of strength, faith, wisdom, hope, are communities that are called to live out their values, their ethics, and these are all shaped by how we see the one who came in the flesh. So this final Sunday of the liturgical year was also called what? Christ the King Sunday. But it was far from acknowledging the power of empire and instead one acknowledging the enfleshed nature of the one who came humbly, giving all that he had, and that giving actually cost him his earthly life. This message is not one meant to be morbid. It is not one to bring grief. It is not one to instill guilt or create fear or suspicion. It is one inviting us all into our own sense of embodiment, to experience our own blood and flesh, our own joys and sorrows, our own lives that are real and human and flawed and limited. So what a great week for us to then say thank you, to celebrate the one who actually gave it all to us, without any strings attached, instead of misappropriating history that paints indigenous native peoples. Maybe the next time we hear about the blood of the cross, it won't make us squirm or turn up our noses or that side thing we do with our corners of our mouths, but will perhaps remind us of that ultimate giving of all that was for all in spite of all, 
The blood of the cross is a reminder of the human nature of God that came into this world to free us from all that imprisons us. So be free. The ultimate gift has been given. And hopefully you experience that freedom and love here in this place. This amazing place is not just for you and me, but for others so that they might have the same opportunity to meet God here and to also rest in God's presence and be transformed. So give. Give from and of your hearts. Give from and of your minds. Give from and of your bodies. Give it all. Because when we free ourselves to give it all, then we will really learn to experience the fullness of God. So hear this again. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from God's glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the one who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. God has rescued us from the power that imprisons us and transferred us into the kingdom of God's beloved child in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him, Jesus, all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself, Jesus, is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him, God was pleased to reconcile to God's self all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of the cross. May it be so. Ashe, amen. Thanks be to God.